Your life is lived every day, and what happens between Sundays matters. Join Nate and Kate as they take oftentimes big ideas and make them practical for everyday life. This is the Between Sundays podcast with Nate and Kate Thompson. Hey everyone, welcome to Between Sundays with Nate and Kate Thompson. Your life is lived every day and what happens between Sundays matters. Yes, it does. Good morning and or evening or night. I don't know when you're listening to this, but hello. Hello. Uh, Let's get into this topic. Um, We wanted to talk about that. God, sometimes he takes us on little journeys like in life and that makes up these little like mini stories or portions of who we are. And we were just talking the other day about just looking back on that. And there was this one chunk of time for us where I was in a band and did that as a... It was your job. It was my job, babe. It was. I remember at the time I had a job working at a bank and it was like more of like a professional setting. And people all the time, customers would ask me, oh, what does your husband do? And when I would say, he's in a band, they would just look at me like, oh, oh I'm so sorry. Just, yeah, just like <laughs> try to introduce you to their ne- to like their nephew or their son or something. Right. Like maybe just keep this on the back burner. Um, yeah, so let's talk about it. Yeah, we want okay. to introduce the idea of how it came to be that Nate got started in a band, um, playing local gigs and stuff like that, how it relates to between Sundays, because it was a Christian band. So it did definitely benefit the kingdom of God. There are some like real solid stories and points there about how the gospel was preached. People learned about Jesus. And then we also want to talk about what we took away from the experience now. It's been about 10 years, probably closer to 15, 10, 15 years since you were in a band. And I think looking back now, we can finally say we have perspective on it. For a while, it's like too close to say how it was good or bad or what we learned. But I feel like when we were talking about the other day, we could really think of some good stuff. All right. So the reason we want to talk about this is because we feel like it might encourage some people where you're at. It might help you look back on something you've done or inspire you to take a new chance with the Lord. Um an interesting fact about Nate being in a band is it was a Christian rock band. Woo, get out of here. Yeah, very specific genre. Not only was it Christian music, but it was rock music. Yeah, we really honed it in. And I think there's a certain achievement that you would want people to know about. You know, I don't want to brag, but I will. Um, 2009, January, we were in the top 40 on the Christian rock charts. So... That is amazing. That's amazing. Do you have a picture of that chart? No, I have no proof of that. (laughs) (laughs) I had an email and I lost it. Well, congratulations. Thanks, babe. And, you know, I'll just give a shout out to the Brian Smith band because they were chugging along at the same time. So if you ever heard of Brian Smith, look up some of his stuff. Boop, 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 boop. Brian. Um, Do you remember the name of your song that was on the charts? It was, ironically, I'll Die Trying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we did. Uh, yeah, that was the one that went to radio. And we learned so much of how all of that works because we were doing it by ourselves. We were just making it up as we went. And we had no uh, like legitimate management or record label. And we just made up our own at times. We realized to get on certain stages or um, venues, you had to be on a label. So we made up our own. We called it Mad Monkey Records. I know. It's, it sounds weird to say out loud now, but it worked. And uh, yeah, we did some pretty fun things with that. 
So how how did you get started? How does one get started assembling a rock band? Well, it's more work than you think. Um, Mark and I, I'm going to give credit to Mark Vincent. He was the, he started it because we were on like the youth group worship team. And he was like, we should start a band, like a, re- like a real band, like a rock band, because we liked rock. So me and him, we decided we're going to do it. And then we realized you need more than two of us. So we got a hold of our friend, Andy Vincent, who is Mark's brother. And uh, he and was Andy a singer. And Mark, they, those are your cousins. They are my cousins. So you belong to a musical family, which probably helps get the ball rolling. Huge help. Because shout out to my Aunt Denise, Mark and Andy's mom, who spent countless hours with us in her basement teaching us oldies, like Credence Clearwater Revival songs and these like old songs that we would just play with. And she would play on the piano and we would learn our instruments with her. So that's where it kind of started. And in like high school or the after high school is when we actually put the band together as like this idea. And then um, I played a battle of the bands. I was asked by this gentleman at a church named Bernie if I could fill on the drums for him where I met this guy named Wyatt. And um, oh, and, and obviously my cousin Jeff as well, who learned with us when we were kids. He was on the bass guitar. So we okay. had, we so had your cousin band. Andy was singing. Mm-hmm. You were on the drums. Yep. Mark is on the electric guitar. Yes. Now you have Wyatt. He's also a guitar player. Yes, but Wyatt was like on a different level than us. Wyatt was good, like too good. Like I was confused legitimately as a musician. This is where I was. It was very, like I had no like teaching of anything. It was all self-taught as far as the drums went. And Wyatt showed up and we started playing a song and he just started playing with us, which just blew our minds. Like how can you even play along? You don't even know the three chords we didn't tell you what we were playing it was so it was an original song it was an original song and he came in on a solo i won't forget it it was like burned into my mind and me and mark just looked at each other like the the lord is here you know it was so funny and that's how we kind of came together and then we just started writing our own songs and like you said it was it's very it was christian based we were all believers and we were just like let's just write some music so why why even be a Christian band as opposed to just like writing rock music? Like is because I feel like sometimes when you say Christian band, it's like is it a band of people who believe in Jesus or is it actually a band that glorifies God? So what Right. Well how did you decide what to write about or what to do with that? I think because oddly enough, the majority of us, if not all of us, were missionally minded. And okay. I think it's because we kinda like Maybe because we kind of, as like through high school and stuff, we we grew up in church, but we were not following the gospel. You know, we weren't into that. And then after high school, we kind of came to our faith where the Lord really found us. So I think there was just this like sense of like, no, I want to like give this back to the Lord, really, I guess, if I think about it. Mm-hmm. So that's when we started just writing Christian music. Maybe because too, there wasn't like to us like a heavy rock Christian sound at the time that we were fully familiar with. So, and so we were kind of navigating that ourselves as we were creating our own. So you get together, you start writing songs, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you have to come up with a band name. It's hard. It's hard, people. So the original name, I remember this. So this is, Nate was in the uh, band the whole time we were together. So yeah. I, I have memories of all of this too. But I remember throwing, like, there were a lot of different names in the hat, but it seemed like none of them was a good hit or a good 
I like a, it was it never seemed like one was the one. The one we landed on was a terrible name. Nail point payment. Yeah, I came back from we went on a trip and they came up with this name and presented it. And I just remember thinking, man, that's a hard it's just hard to say. <laughs> But they had like they they were throwing the Bible at me, and all of us were like, "Yeah, it was a nail point payment for our sins." That you know they threw the cross at us. How can you deny? <laughs> How can I fight that and be like, "That's a terrible name," you know? So we went with it, and then we would be places playing a show, and often we were nail point pavement, which <laughs> needle, did, needle point pavement. <laughs> so then we just called ourselves the needle points. And then um, played for a lot of knitting clubs. Yeah, a lot of elderly, uh, a lot of nursing homes. Big um, rock, big, big rock, rock shows. Scene. Yeah, big rock scene at the nursing homes. Um, and then we just shortened it to Nail Point, which okay. made at least we took a step in the right direction there. I just felt like when you guys came up with the band name, nobody was like, "Yeah, this is it. Like Do it's the one." But yet it was like you needed a name. We needed it. And, and we, I think we were to I, the point we couldn't think of anything else. Yeah. Like it seems like when you're naming other things, like if you're naming your baby or something, mm-hmm. you lo- might look in books or you have lots of names and then you come up with a few you really like. And so you're picking from your the ones you already like. Where with a band name, it just seemed like this was the best of the the best, best of, of the, the worst. worst. You know, is and, that a good way to say it? It is a good That's fair. And I feel like all the guys would agree. One might protest it. But, um, and the other thing with the baby names is you can have four kids named Bill or Jake or right. Mark. You can't have four bands named Needlepoint because no one's going to know who you are. So whatever. We did it. Yeah. And we started playing shows here in town with our, with whatever. Yeah, I totally remember one of my memories of you guys just starting. Um, so the band was just, it was just like a little, little baby still, a little baby. infant stage. But you played at a concert series called the Out of This World Concert Series. <laughs> Dude, I swear Brian yeah, Smith the was park. there in his band. And you, you set up in a gazebo? Yeah, and just let it rip. Did you have a lot of fans there? Uh, parents. My parents were there. My siblings were probably there. Um, your you know, family, your family had a lot of kids. Like we, everybody had, mal- like you yeah, know, you got four kids here. We six easily there, had so. like ten thousand pounds of people there. <laughs> I go, I go by pounds of people, not numbers of people. Well, so, no, whose numbers? Who's counting? Who's counting? Right. So that's how it kind of came together, and then we started just kind of like expanding it. Like we would book these other churches outside of town. And mm-hmm. and then eventually we were getting these weird little shows across the state. And then it became like weekend warriors where we were just like doing like Friday, Saturdays, play at a church on Sunday, stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like that's when it started expanding and shows became not just like local churches, because at first you played at your churches, mm-hmm. a lot of youth yeah. groups, just what was in our area. But I feel like when it started expanding, it started to take on a different feel because you were then taking from family time and it not only became like a side, I wouldn't say side hustle, you weren't making any money from it, but it was like not just a hobby, there was some other motivation behind it. Yeah, you know, and that was where kind of like, I think it can, even if I look at it compared to just like ministry, just how we as believers will utilize that word for different things it 
it was in the sense that we weren't ashamed of the gospel. Like we would, uh, there was times where we would do just like straight up like altar call. Like if you want, you need to know Jesus. Like we would like to share Jesus with you. And so then you had this, like these things colliding where we were like, well, we got paid for this show so we can buy, let's start putting money towards this and we'll buy a van and a trailer and we'll buy more equipment so we can be independent. We don't need a venue to supply a PA. And so, so did you buy all of your own PA merch? All of that came out of money that the band made. Yeah. Or? Some okay. of it, we got um, a friend came, came alongside and like sponsored the PA initially. And then we upgraded things as we went, but that was just like, a bolus of like gas for us because then we could we could do something anywhere we wanted because we had a like legitimate sound system that could handle a rock band well and you're talking this is like 20 years ago so there was it wasn't quite as accessible as it is now like you had guitar center and a few other places you could go to get music stuff but i feel like now there's so much more available oh dude it's it just wasn't like that then no and even like the idea of like producing a record like you could now you the average person can record themselves and have like a decent recording where when we were finishing is when like the music industry kind of like took a crash as like when napster was hitting and then like a lot of um everything was going digital to where you could buy you know, one song. It used to never be yeah, like that. Like, you could just buy one song. I remember this idea. I pitched to the guys like, why are we trying to build a whole record? Like just, let's just start putting out one song at a time. And it was like, you, they, we couldn't wrap our heads around that even. I think that idea was even ahead of its time, but we never, we never did it, but it was like, why not? Like if you could sell one song and spend a couple grand and make whatever. So, it was a very like wild time at the end when we okay. were finishing. So at this point, you have some of your own songs. We got our own songs. You're traveling a little bit within the state. Yeah. Maybe festivals, churches, whatever. Did you, um, how did you record? Did you have a CD at this point or no? Like that first Yeah, one? we did a couple. Um, Wide's brother, Larry, my brother, Larry, he recorded our first song, like little album at his house. And then um, to know Metronome, I didn't even know what a Metronome was as a drummer yet, which is listen to it you'll know and then um <laughs> then we did another record with a gentleman named dave taylor lived locally here he's just a sweetheart of a dude i like that guy so much and um we did our second one and then by that time we were starting to just do more things even out of the state and that's when it was starting to i think when we kind of one of the guys was like we need to do this go all in because we were still working too so then we just pulled the trigger and like went for it. Quit okay. our quit our full-time jobs and started just giving this a big shove and see where it went. Thanks for being here with Between Sundays. Don't forget to rate the podcast and share your feedback here or online at myhopefm.net. So as it was expanding and traveling more, like there was a point I remember where it was really difficult because it felt like if you're going to quit and be in, if you're going to quit your jobs and be in a band, our family was almost, we didn't have any kids yet. It was just you and I. Mm-hmm. I had a full-time job. I had finished college. Um, but some of the other guys had families, and there was like a lot more, it was a lot more risk for them, honestly. Oh, yeah, they just sure. had a lot more at stake. So I felt like it was hard a lot of times. Like It seemed like what was going on with the band was more important than what was going on with our family. Or like there would be times I would get out of work 
and I'd be trying to make it home before you guys left on a Friday because a lot of times you left on Thursday or Friday to do whatever was on the weekend. And like, I couldn't get out of work on time. So it was just like such a bummer. I couldn't see you yeah. before you left. And then it would just cause so much tension because it was like, then you were gone and just gone. I remember that. And I think that even can speak to people right now in different ministries or different um, adventures of life, because that was one thing with the band where I feel, I look back, I reaped all of like the tangible fruits in the way of like, I was there. I was... I was the one out of state being like treated kindly and people buying us dinners and taking us out on their little towns to show us around because we were like the guests band is in town and and then calling you and saying yeah everything went great and all this stuff it was super fun we met this other band and we think we might be able to play shows with them now and all of that while you were literally the one at home like and just supporting it from like that background standpoint. I think that's really hard to like the silent heroes of people's like yeah. ministries because And it's financial too. Mm -hmm. It's like you're providing financially. If you had kids, you're taking care of the kids. And there was a lot of support there. A lot yeah. of just different things people might not think about. Yeah. And the band could support itself by the end in the sense of like vehicle, trailer, equipment, um merchandise and all of that. But then we would also draw money off of it as a band. And that's when it was like, gosh, there's not enough money here to for all four of us by that time. Yeah, it, it was, was a it big was change going from just playing local shows where it seemed like your families and your wives and kids, everybody, we could be your number one fans. And we mm -hmm. were. We were at every show, front row, like working at the merch table, doing whatever we could to help. And then when you're traveling, it was like we didn't even, not only were we not there, but we didn't get to see the benefits of what was happening. Yeah. We didn't really see the ministry of what was going on and how it how it was a really it was a good thing in so many ways. I think during that time it was just so, so hard to see. Like when you're in the middle of something, you can't see how it's going to turn out. Yeah. So it was really difficult to see. Like how is this? Is this a good thing? Are we doing the wrong thing? It was difficult to see that. And some of those, I I would say some of those adventures in life and some of those, whether it's a business or a, um, that you're both going into or you're just you're going into or a ministry of some sort or whatever, when it came to like nail point, it was like we were learning how to do it on our own and you would always just kind of get to the next thing, but then you already saw the problem that you needed the next thing. Right. So it was always like this feeling of like, is this even possible? And then if it is, how do you even maintain it? Because I remember when we went down to do that last record, the stress of like producing a good record, a good song that would be like, wouldn't compromise us as like what we were trying to do as like a, a band sharing the gospel, but would also be catchy and people would like it. And you would be you know, come in this many bars for your intro, hit your chorus, do a pre-chorus, hit the chorus, go turn around, back to the verse, do the pre-chorus, chorus, chorus, solo, chorus, chorus out. And you need to wrap that up in three minutes, like 2.5 to 3.2 minutes or something. Mm -hmm. It was like, it had to be this certain. So it was like the stress of all of that booking shows. I remember being at, we would meet together and we would treat it like it was a job. Like we were all trying to be very responsible with the idea and we'd do cold calls, trying to just book shows and all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And then you would get just enough to keep you going, but not enough to get you there. Was it, was it ever tempting? Like, because 
it probably would have been easier to book shows as a worship band because oh people gosh, can yeah. sing along. You can do worship songs. You could probably write your own worship songs and they'd be popular. And we what? learned that from, we learned that concept from a band at the time that we played with, uh, was seventh day slumber was like kind of a big deal at the time, a bigger deal for sure. But we talked to them and he talked about that and we would start playing worship songs on the Sundays. So we utilized that when, because we were like as musicians by that time, we were pretty solid, very solid. So we could bust out a worship set with no problem. And we liked to worship. We, we enjoyed it. We weren't like kind of like pretending we enjoyed it. So we would, we did start utilizing that, but yeah, that was definitely became like where you would see other bands like rock bands like us. I remember like Cutlass doing a worship album. Um, I don't know that Disciple. There was just all these other bands that, yeah, definitely you had in a way I think you had to because that market was like was so tiny. Like the idea of it was rock music just more fun to play. Oh my so gosh, you needed yes. you wanted to keep that as your main thing at the time. Yeah, like there was just something so fun about writing your own songs and just letting them rip. Like just being like, we just made this up. And sometimes you would go to a church and they'd be like, even for the worship sets, like I'd be barely touching my drum set because it was just to respect the volume of the room, you know, where it's like you almost feel like you're not even really playing. And that's, I think, a struggle for all churches. That's why all the drums are in the boxes. Right. <laughs> like you guys want us drummers, but you don't really want us. But yeah, so that was a... That was a stressful thing, I think, which comes with any any adventure people go on is the next thing, the next thing. If, oh, if I can get this next thing, it'll make this yeah. happen and this happen. And then you potentially have that silent that silent partner, whether it's you, like me as a husband and you're the one doing the thing as a wife or vice versa. And that puts like such a stress. I think it's hard to keep eyes on it, you know, yeah. especially as a ministry. That was like we're juggling that at the end of being like, no, we need to make more money, like financially, if this is going to work. So then it became kind of like, how much are we going to give up here to do this? Or, you know, sure, that's a real problem. Thank you for listening to the Between Sundays podcast. If you have questions or want to connect further, visit the podcast page at myhopefm.net. And remember, your life is lived every day. And what happens between Sundays matters.